0: The Word of God is living. It is powerful, infallible, indestructible, incorruptible, and it will work mightily in me. And now, your host, Pastor Jerry Maya Williams from the service already in progress. Amen. When the praises go up, it is said that the blessings come down and the blessings of the Lord will overtake you. The blessings of the Lord are yours because this is the day that God has made. And he made it for you. He made it for me. So let us rejoice and be glad in it. And let us watch and observe the praises of the Lord come down in our lives. God bless you once again. Thank you for uh, joining with us today in this worship service. And today is a very special service. In this service, we will observe the Lord's Supper in Holy Communion. And I want every one of you that's in your homes or wherever you might be uh, to get your communion supplies ready. Have them nearby because we're going to celebrate the Lord's Supper together at the conclusion of my message today. And I say this day is special because we have not celebrated, as a church, the Lord's Supper since December 29th. That would have been the fifth Sunday in December. Well, it's high time that we celebrate the Lord's Supper together as a family, together as a church, together as a spiritual community. And so, make sure you have your communion supplies right nearby you want them within arm's reach and and now today i want to remind you that when you open your communion supply on top of the cup there is a plastic layer you need to pull back first to access the bread then there's another plastic layer beneath that you'll need to pull back to drink the uh, I, I wanted to say wine But truth be told, there's nothing but juice today. But the Lord knows our hearts. Amen. Amen. And this morning, I want to speak to you from the Word of God. And I want to bring you a message today around communion, a message around the Lord's table. And this kind of teaching and preaching is so important because so many times and oftentimes we partake Of the Lord's Supper. And we don't understand the import. We don't understand the real meaning of it. And it's powerful. And we need to have this understanding. And with the help of the Holy Ghost today. I just want to break off. uh, One aspect of it. One piece. Of the revelation. Of receiving the Lord's body. And drinking of the Lord's cup. In 1 Corinthians. I want to read to you. From chapter 11, now let's make that chapter 10. First Corinthians chapter 10. I want you to look at verse 16 and verse 17. Here the apostle Paul says to the Corinthians, the cup of blessing which we bless, is it not the communion of the blood of Christ? The bread which we break, is it not the communion of the blood? Of the body of Christ. For we, though many, are one bread and one body, for we all partake of that one bread. I want to read verse 17 again. For we, though many, are one bread and one body, for we all partake of that one bread. And today I want to speak to you on the subject, well, I want to use as a subject, one loaf. One loaf. And I'm talking about one loaf of bread. So here in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, the Apostle Paul instructed uh, the church of Corinth, well, he did that in chapter 10 and, verse, and chapter 11. He instructed the church of Corinth, that communion was to be observed in remembrance of Jesus Christ, his crucifixion and his resurrection. In fact, he further stated, and he stated this in chapter 11, that as often as, often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. And it's not like that because some people try to put you in bondage and say you need to take communion, you, you know, on a certain frequency. But Paul teaches us that we can take communion as often as we would like to take it. You could take it daily. You could take it weekly. You could take it monthly. You can even take it every fifth Sunday. But he says as often as you partake of this cup. And this wine, you do proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. What is the Apostle Paul saying? When we observe the Lord's Supper and Communion, we're not just observing it just to eat some bread or to drink some wine. We are observing it to proclaim to the world, to promulgate, to declare that Jesus died on the cross. He was buried and the third day he arose from the dead. So, we proclaim that every time we partake of the Lord's Supper. So, in fact, what Paul really teaches here is that communion is a celebration. That's right. It's not a memorial service in the sense of a funeral, it's not a sad time. It's a celebration. You know, at a memorial service or at a funeral, many people are sad. Why are you sad? He' sad because somebody you love passed away. Well, even though Jesus died on the cross, we ought not be sad. Because after he was buried, he arose the third day according to scripture. So communion is a celebration of oneness, one bread and one body. It is first oneness with the Lord. Then it's oneness with one another. Communion is a time of intimacy. That's right. Intimacy with the Lord and intimacy with his body. And that intimacy occurs around a table. As we share the bread and the wine, we share it with one another to express the union of all believers. and This is what the word of God shows us. That communion reminds us of our oneness. Communion reminds us that none of us, no man is an island. No man stands alone in the body of Christ. For we're all one. We are one bread, one body. And we all partake of that one bread. So the word communion in the word of God is a very interesting word. And if we can understand this word... Then I think we get a little more light about what communion is all about. The word communion in the Bible is the Greek word kononia. Let me say that again. Kononia. And the word kononia means fellowship. It means partnership. It means participation. And it means social intercourse. That's what kononia means. So when we observe the Lord's Supper, that is an opportunity for fellowship. That is our opportunity to be reminded of our partnership with one another. It is an opportunity to understand that we are participants, not alone, but we're participants together. And it gives us an opportunity to understand how important that social intercourse is between believers. And social intercourse is is when you have a conversation with one another. When you have any exchange with one another on any level, that's social intercourse. And we need to understand how we treat our brother, how we treat our sister. That's exactly how we're treating ourselves because Paul says we are one. Glory to God. So communion is oneness. Huh? One bread, one body, one loaf. And like what Paul said here, he says, though we be many and we're v- very diversified. You know, none of us are the same as everybody else. Everybody has their uniqueness, everybody has their own history, everybody comes from a different place. Everybody has our own individualities, but yet we are one. So Paul says, though. For we though being many, we are one bread, one body, and we all partake of that one bread. You know, as I was really getting the mind of God about this message, I I thought about my father and I thought about how much uh, I was like my father, even though I wasn't trying to be like my father. My father, as we grew up, he never would buy one loaf of bread. He would buy 12, 13, 14, 15 loaves of bread, stack them in a freezer because we had a large family. Now, I need you to listen to this. And I did the same thing. You know, I, we were a family, growing up, we were a family of 11. But my family, Joyce and I, and our children, we were a family of seven. And we had a deep freezer. And when we went shopping, we would not buy one loaf of bread, two loaves of bread. We would buy 12, 13 loaves of bread. Glory to God. A lot of bread, isn't it? But this is not what Paul is saying. He's not talking about fire barley loaves. He's not even talking about two loaves. He's talking about one loaf. We are one loaf. One loaf. And one loaf is a metaphor for one bread and one body. Glory to God. And oftentimes we see ourselves as different loaves. We see ourselves sometimes that maybe we're a non denominational loaf, a Pentecostal loaf, charismatic loaf. Or you might see yourself as a Catholic loaf or a Lutheran, Presbyterian loaf, a Baptist loaf, a congregational loaf. No, Paul says there is one loaf. There's one bread, one body, and we all partake of that one bread. That makes us one loaf. We need to understand the ingredients in a loaf of bread. Huh? Did you ever read the ingredients in a loaf of bread? I challenge you, the next time you buy a loaf of bread, take, take time and read the ingredients. Put your glasses on, read the ingredients. You may decide maybe you don't want to eat that bread. Huh? Because they put all kind of preservatives, all kind of chemicals in bread nowadays. But basically speaking, there's only about five ingredients in bread. And what Paul shows, though we be many, we're still one bread in one body. In a loaf of bread, naturally speaking, the ingredients, is, the ingredients are, it, it's flour. Think about it. It's, it's milk. huh? It's salt. It's sugar. It's butter, or or even oil. Sometimes butter or or, or oil. Huh? Then it's yeast, and then you got to put a little water in it, and that's bread. But notice all those ingredients are different. All those ingredients have nothing in common. But when those ingredients come together, when those ingredients come together as one loaf, then that bread is tasty. Come on, that bread is tasty. But can you imagine bread without flour? It wouldn't be bread. Can you imagine bread without milk? Huh? Can you imagine bread without the salt in it? Without the sugar, the butter, or the oil? Can you imagine bread without yeast? It wouldn't rise. Can you imagine bread that didn't have any water in it? Only God knows what ingredient you are in the body. In this body, of the local church, in the body of Christ universally, you may be the flower. I don't know. You may be the milk. You may be the salt, the sugar. Oh my God, that's sweetness. You may be the oil or the butter. You could even be the yeast. But thank God for the water, huh? The same way a loaf of bread have different ingredients, but it comes together to make a beautiful loaf, a tasteful loaf, without these ingredients commingling, without these ingredients blending, without these ingredients coming together. Then you don't have a, 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 a loaf of bread that, that is tasteful. You have a loaf of bread that is very untasteful. Huh? Somebody said nasty. And we need to understand that no matter what our uniqueness is, no matter who we are, we're adding beauty to the body. We're adding something that's needful and necessary to the church because we are one loaf. We're one loaf. And without these ingredients, that loaf of bread would not be tasteful. It would be very untasteful. And what makes us tasteful is because we are who we are. By the grace of God, we are who we are. So Paul says, though we be many, communion reminds us that we're still one loaf. One loaf. And I know today as we Celebrate the Lord's Supper. We're not going to have one loaf. But you know, in some settings, it's just difficult to have one loaf. But I have been in settings where we've had just one loaf. And everybody would take that one loaf and, and just pinch a piece off of that one loaf. And in doing so, we're, show, we're recognizing our unity, our solidarity. There's something that God gives us in the spirit even though you may, you may say like it's been a while, we haven't seen each other, we haven't been able to meet. We have been forsaking this feeling of ourselves because of this pandemic. But in the spirit of God, on that spiritual ram, we are still one loaf. We still have fellowship with one another. We can still be partners. We can still participate. We can still have social intercourse. And so many of you have been able to do that with social media and modern technology. Somebody ought to say, thank God for Jesus. Glory to God. So the body is able to stay intact. I don't know how long this thing is going to go on. But no matter how long this pandemic goes on, we are still one in the spirit. We are still one. We can still have fellowship. We can still have partnership, participation. We can still have social intercourse. We can still be the people of God. Glory One loaf is simply oneness. Speaks of union. That's what Paul is saying about communion. The cup of blessing which we bless, is it not communion of the blood of Christ? The bread which we break, is it not communion of the body of Christ? Paul is saying, though we be many, we're still one bread, one body. The first revelation in the Bible that God gave us of this oneness and this is the way God wants us to be one. But what was his first revelation he gave us a oneness? The first revelation in the Word of God of oneness was with Adam and Eve. There in Genesis chapter 2, verse 21, the Bible says that God brought a deep sleep upon Adam and he slept. And he took one of his ribs and he closed the flesh thereof. And then he took the rib taken out of the man, and he made a woman. Sisters, I want you to hear that. Man was created, but woman was made. Glory to God. He took the rib out of Adam, and he made a woman. Then he presented the woman to the man. He brought the woman to the man. Brothers, you need to hear me. You don't have to go chasing. God will bring the woman to you. Somebody ought to say something. He brought the woman to the man. And what did Adam say? Adam saw what God had made. And he went, wow, man. He went, wow, man. In other words, he says, this is bone of my bone. This is flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Then God said, therefore, Shall a man leave his father and his mother, cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. There you have the oneness. God showed us from the very beginning beginning about oneness. Let me tell you something. If you are married, you have become one with your spouse on many levels, whether you like it or not. You may say, well, we don't have that much in common. Well, you still have oneness on some level or another. Those of you that are unmarried, perhaps you're dating, be careful with who you climb on little sheets with. Because when you do, you become one with that person. Huh? We call that a soul tie. In other words, that person has a hook in you and you have a hook in them because of oneness. But it's oneness in all the wrong way, it's oneness in a dark way, a sinful way, but it's still oneness nonetheless. So Adam and Eve became one. So when Eve fell, Adam fell. Eve was deceived, and Adam was deliberately disobedient. How could Adam be deliberately disobedient? Because he was one with his wife who had been deceived. And everything began to cascade down. And we need to understand that when one rises in the body, we all rise. If one falls in on the body, we've all failed. When one rejoices, we all rejoice. When one suffers, we suffer with them because we're one loaf, one loaf of bread. You may think you're another loaf, but you're not. You may look at some others and say, Well, I'm not like them. But you know what? You are like them on some level because we're all ingredients in the same loaf. Ingredients in a loaf of bread will not isolate themselves. Ingredients in the same loaf of bread will never be able to operate effectively by themselves. It takes the flour and the the sugar and the salt to work together. It takes the milk, the oil and the butter, the yeast and the water to all work together because there are one. They're one loaf glory to God. So oneness just isn't bodily like it was with Adam and Eve. You see, it's just not bodily. And, and, And we may not have bodily oneness in some ways, but we all have, we do have spiritual oneness. So oneness is not just bodily, but it's unity of mind, spirit, and purpose. Let me say that again. It's unity of mind, spirit, and purpose. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10, the apostle Paul said to the Corinthians, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God. I beseech you that you all speak the same thing, that there be no divisions among you, that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. In other words, in the same purpose. What good does it do to have bodily oneness If we're not on the same page, if we're not following the same vision, embracing the same values. So just don't think of oneness as being bodily or physical, but the greatest oneness we can have is being of the the same mind and the same spirit and the same purpose. Whether we're able to come together or not physically, it doesn't take away being of the, be everybody being of the same mind, everybody being of the same spirit, everybody being of the same purpose. The vision continues to live. And it's living in me. It's living in you because we're one loaf. Glory to God. Glory to God. So the cup and the bread not only symbolizes our unity in Christ, listen to this, beloved, it actually creates it just don't symbolize it. It creates it. This is why we come together like we are today in the spirit to celebrate the Lord's, spirit, Lord's Supper because it's more than symbolism. So we're not just trying to create. We're just not trying to show a symbol today. We want an opportunity to create, to create this oneness, to create the manifestation of one loaf. First John chapter one, verse seven, John says, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, I need you to hear this. John tells us to achieve this oneness, this manifestation of being one loaf. He tells us not only where to walk, but he tells us how to walk. He says, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. This is why Paul instructed the Corinthians in chapter 11 to let a man examine himself and so let him eat. We don't partake of the Lord's Supper unworthily. If there's something that's going on in us, somebody we have an ought against, somebody we hold in, unforgiveness toward Paul says do not partake of this unworthily this is your opportunity to create that oneness this is your opportunity to walk in the light as he is the light this is your opportunity that the blood of Jesus Christ cleanse you of all your sins this is the opportunity so let a man examine himself and so let him eat in other words get on board with the rest Of this loaf of bread. Glory to God. But if we walk in the light. That's where God wants us to walk as he is in the light. And we have Konania. By the way that word in 1 John chapter 7. 1 John chapter 1 verse 7. 1 John chapter 1 verse 7. That word fellowship is the same identical word as communion. It's Konania. So let me say it this way. But if we walk in the light. As he is in the light. We have kononia, not only fellowship, we have partnership, we have participation, we have social intercourse with one another because of God's son, Jesus Christ, and he cleanses us from all sin, all sin. The loaf has to taste right. The loaf has to taste right. And by the way, this loaf is not pre-sliced. It's not sliced. It's not diced. It's just one loaf. One loaf. So in closing, let me say this. We don't partake of the one loaf and the one cup because we are one. But when we, we, be, we become one when we do. Let me say it again. We're not partaking Of the one loaf. And the one cup. Because we are. But we partake of it. And when we partake of it. Then. We do become one loaf. We do become one loaf. We endeavor to keep. The unity of the spirit. In the bond of peace. That's what Paul told the Ephesians. Ephesians 4 verse 3. We endeavor to keep the unity of the spirit, in the bond of peace. Why? There is one body, one spirit. Join us Sunday at Agape Word Fellowship where Dr. Jerry Maya Williams is your pastor proclaiming a life-changing message of the agape love and power that God is. For more information, log on now at www.agapeword.net, 1430 South New Hope Road, Agape Word Fellowship.